Hello, I'm Peter Van Onselen and welcome to the PwC Federal Budget Podcast. The 2020 budget has been handed down by Treasurer Josh Frydenberg, so I caught up with PwC Australia's Chief Executive Tom Seymour to discuss the fallout from arguably the most historic and important budget in Australia's history. I'm joined now by Tom Seymour. Thanks so much for your company. I think we should start uh, by looking, taking a bit of a macro look, I suppose, at the budget before getting into some of the nitty gritty. What really caught your eye when taking that overarching view? Yeah, Peter, look, I think the, the main theme you saw in the budget was a, a shift by the government from direct payments to Australians to support Australians through COVID. Um, you know, payments in, that had been there in the form of job keeper, job seeker, and, and that direct sort of support to an indirect uh, support where the government's really shifted its expenditure uh, to priming the economy to try to get the economy growing for the economy to really pay Australians going forward and transition off that you know, direct government support to really try to get the economy to step back in and pick up where it left off and, and drive Australia forward. And, and you saw the vast majority of the spending aimed at doing just that. That's really interesting. The, what do you think the reactions are going to be in the business offices right around the country to this budget? Yeah, look, I think, first of all, businesses are going to be sitting down. They're going to be pulling out all of their old growth plans around expansions, capital acquisitions, and they're going to be saying, okay, what do we now put back on the table because of the immediate asset write-off? That'll be the first area, uh, and, they'll, that, and that will be a stimulus. I think the second area was business will be looking through the range of job creation measures around apprenticeships, uh, the job trainer program, uh, the Young Australians Job Maker Credit, saying, well, you know, we, we maybe were thinking we'd be more conservative in who will hire, given the uncertain economic times. When we bank in, for example, the credit of $200 a week for employing a young Australian does that change our decision? And instead of hiring three people, do we hire four or five? And we take a bit of risk um, and we, we, you know, we have a go uh, around that. So I think you'll see a range of um, decisions being made around that as well. Another, another big thing, I think, you know, most Australian businesses have massively accelerated their online presence. Their employees are working from home. If they weren't selling their product online before, they sure are now. Pretty much all of their financial affairs are managed online or in the cloud. And one of the things that was an investment in cyber, I, I think there'll be a massive uh, focus by businesses, um, again, on upgrading their systems around cyber. And that tends to be capital spend on technology systems, which links back to an immediate deduction for new assets. So, you know, cyber will be a big focus of modernising digital systems and business will be the other one that will be, you know, top of mind for a lot of businesses out there. It's interesting to hear you put it that way because that dovetails with, I suppose, what seemed to be the political messaging coming from the Treasurer, that this was all about incentivising business to be able to, as you say, essentially try to help kickstart this economy, which is in recession. Uh, what do you see as some of the features of the budget uh, that were doing exactly that? Well, there are a couple. Um, the, the major feature is the instant asset write-off. The vast majority of Australian businesses uh, are eligible for this. What what it's basically saying is if you spend money on 
you know, improving your business from a capital perspective over the next two years, you get an instant instant deduction for that. So that's a big incentive, and it's a big incentive for businesses to put in uh, new uh, technology systems and modernise the business. Uh, it's a big incentive for them to, uh, you know, expand and, and upgrade and modernise uh, their, their plant if they're a manufacturer. It's a big incentive for businesses to invest in new growth areas uh, in their business. And the interesting thing is when you, as businesses commit to capital investment programs, they tend to be long-term sustaining investments. So, you know, it's business, when you, when you put, whether it's a new technology system or a new manufacturing plant, they tend to stick around for a long time. So they're, they're sort of enticing business back to making those longer-term bets and following those investments come employment because when you build, when you do all of that, not only have you got to get the people in to actually facilitate that investment in that capital, but then you actually got new, you know, businesses that operate into the future. So that's a big plank and it's a big spend in the budget last night. A lot there uh, for clients of PwC to digest in terms of how they might look to rearrange uh, their business affairs as a consequence of some of these budget decisions. What about getting back to the macro view? What about your read uh, on the forward estimates and some of the assumptions, I suppose, within the budget? I'm thinking about growth targets. I'm thinking about what they've got in relation to the unemployment numbers. What's your read on that? And let's not, of course, forget uh, the level of debt. First of all, I don't think the, the government are no different to any business around Australia. It's a really hard environment to budget in. So I think we sometimes can overlook the fact that this is just a really big version of what we all do in our businesses. You sort of set a forward estimate and try to work out where you're going for the next year. And every client I speak to um, says this is the hardest period they've ever had to, to budget. And in fact, a lot of businesses aren't doing budgets. They're sort of doing rolling rolling resets every every couple of months, given that uncertainty. And I start there because I think you've just got to recognise that. You can't avoid that. That is the environment that, that we're in. Uh, so there is more uncertainty in the assumptions and the economics and sort of um, underpinnings of this budget, much more uncertainty than you would normally have. You, you put that on top of the fact that, you know, the biggest assumption in this budget is that we'll have a vaccine uh, for COVID in about July next year. If that's earlier, there's a lot of upside. If it's later, there's a lot of downside. And you know that that is that's a, that's a science issue, and what, you know that that's very difficult. Put that aside, then you come to the actual numbers. I, I guess my initial reaction when I looked at it is, wow, thinking that we're going to get back to sort of a four point seven five percent growth rate in FY twenty one twenty two feels heroic. But then you start to unpack it. And you've got to remember that you know you're going to be comparing a year from a growth perspective to a pretty pretty tough year, where you know one state, the second largest state in Australia, Victoria, was pretty much locked up for the majority of the year. So whilst you look at it and say, well, how are we going to sort of go from a negative sort of three percent to a plus four? That would normally feel really you know um, challenging. It's not a normal set of circumstances you're looking at simply because you're coming off such a, a challenging year this year. So, so I think that feels tough, but when you start to dig into it, you know, you can start to explain it and, you can, and, and I've got no doubt Treasury have worked through that. It's a really interesting discussion because 
there's no doubt that we can be forgiving about those assumptions you know, and, and whether they are inaccurate in the long run because of, as you mentioned, all the uncertainty around the pandemic. But you talk about the unemployment rate. Uh, one, of, one of the things that has been built into this budget is that they don't really start what you might call the fiscal recovery until after unemployment gets down to around 6%. So if they are slow, on the uptake of being able to bring unemployment down, then that necessarily doesn't it. It means that they're going to be slower before deciding to move on more significant reforms that might be necessary out the other side of the recovery. That's absolutely the case. And that's, that's a big risk in this budget. But, you know, this is where the ultimate position of where we land. And, and you know, I want to come back to that significant reform comment in a minute. But the ultimate budget's so dependent on so many variables. Like, you know, where's the Aussie dollar going to be? Um, because, you know, a stronger Aussie dollar uh, starts to sort of deplete, you know, our tax take from things like iron ore, coal, you know, some of our big exports. A lower Aussie dollar helps that. It drives up our real profitability. So there's so many variables as to, you know, where the budget ends up. And, and it comes back to, you know, spending lots of time and effort trying to pick apart assumptions is probably pretty unproductive at the moment for any business or the, or the country, it's actually sort of have you got the fundamentals right to make the best of what, what COVID's sort of delivered us, it, it, you know, regardless of where you think the assumptions will be up or down. You've mentioned uh, some of the tax adjustments uh, and how significant they'll be uh, for businesses, including PwC clients, obviously. What about some of the spending decisions as well in terms of where you see an impact there uh, for business in particular, but I suppose also for individuals? One of the big spending areas is infrastructure. Um, so there's, there's a large amount uh, allocated to infrastructure spend, which is not surprising. One of the big things will be, can they get that money into productive infrastructure quickly enough? If you look at past recessions or past economic crises, governments go to kind of, let, let's stimulate by building things. The risk is then, you know, you do that in a pretty sloppy way. And you end up with a lot of waste in the system. And, you know, we can all remember back to the school halls, good policy, a good idea, but then you know, the execution fell over and you had, you had massive inefficiency. So I think that infrastructure spend is absolutely the right strategy. Have we got the level of uh, rigor? Have we got the skills, the expertise, the systems, the processes to ensure that we deliver that? in an efficient and an effective way and we get bang for our buck on that spend. So there'll be a big focus on the execution. I think it's the right, it's absolutely the right spend, but you know, the discipline of how we do that, both in not so much the project selection, because there's a lot of detail in the budget on which projects they are going to prime, but you know, making sure that money's not wasted in that will be be a real focus. And then the other areas around health and no surprise in a health pandemic and a crisis that you know is underlying a health crisis that uh, there's a large spend around uh, the health system and you know that that that's going to be needed. If you think about the amount of elective surgery which hasn't happened in the last year, because hospitals have been preparing and getting ready for COVID, you know, all of that there's a backlog building and that will work through the system. You know, so I think there's some spending areas around there. One other one which isn't a massive spend, but I think it's it sort of sets a signal of where the government's going, which is a really positive announcement, which was a pre-budget announcement, is the government announced last week they're mandating e-invoicing for government, federal government departments, which 
massively drives um, sort of, you know, through technology, a productive advancement in how people are paid. And if effectively, if you, if you do work for a government department and you have, as a supplier, adopted e-invoicing, you get paid within five days. Big support to small business, gets cash flow moving more effectively in the economy, uh, drives a lot of productivity in the system, gives the government real-time data as to where money's being spent, and you know starts to chip away at the black economy. So I think things like that, um, you know, that's a that's a minor reform, but that's a spending uh, initiative that I think will pay dividends. Just finally, if I can ask you, Tom, uh, this was a late budget. Uh, that means we're going to have another budget sooner than usual in May next year. Uh, what would you see as the important next step? I suppose looking forward. Two words: structural reform. There's no structural reform in this budget, and and, and in you wouldn't expect there to be to a degree. This is a budget sort of, you know, to a, to respond to an emergency, um, a health emergency, and get the economy primed and moving again. But we need structural reform to create a sustainable future. Whether we get that in the May budget, we'll wait and see. Um, there's a lot of politics involved in that. But, you know, structural reform is the next step for Australia. Tom Seymour, really appreciate your insights. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Peter. Thank you for listening to the PwC 2020 Federal Budget Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our commentary. For additional in-depth analysis, head over to pwc.com.au forward slash federal budget, where you will find articles and information about the 2020 Federal Budget and what it means for the economy, our society and you. This PwC 2020 Federal Budget Podcast brings together experts to explore what the budget means for you and your business. Don't miss an episode. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite platform. While you're there, feel free to leave a rating or a review. Thank you for listening. Goodbye for now.